In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Hey, this is uh, Lynn. Just letting you know that this episode of the Michelle Mission has a couple of... um, Some audio problems with it. We had a packed house for our review of Get Out and we were actually a microphone short. So we had to get uh, an additional microphone on the quick, which I am using and it is not the best microphone and therefore the sound quality. It is not up to our usual standards. I apologize for that. You can still hear me on the show. Um, But there is a noticeable uh, difference in the sound quality between myself and all of the other um, participants on the show. So please, please excuse that. Um, And, uh, you know, we'll make it up to you um, going forward. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And I am joined by... Uh, hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's also Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. And tonight, we are going just back in time a couple of weeks. Back in time a couple of weeks. To the release of uh, 2017's Get Out, the directorial debut of Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame. Yes. Starring Daniel Kalua and Allison Williams and Bradley Whitford mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen Root uh, in a very enjoyable cameo in this horror thriller um, that cuts real deep. Let's just put it that way. And to help us dissect this film we have a returning guest to the michelle mission it is the rock star of philadelphia amalgam comics and coffee house very own ariel johnson yeah always and just like most of our guests ariel came bearing gifts this time yeah she came with squad what yes She got squad deep. It yes. Is, it is squad amalgam in the building. Jasmine Carroll and Corinne Wilson. Welcome to the Michelle hey. Michelle. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Super excited to be here, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be fun. It's and um it's not often that we're outnumbered, Vince. I know. How about that? This is going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of estrogen in the room. Yes. <laughs> I'm with it, though. It's all good. Um, But before we get into the review, we always like to start with feedback that all of our um, loyal loyal listeners give us via Twitter at Mission Michelle and via Facebook at Michelle Mission, um, as well as on email. Yes. Yes. Michelle Mission at gmail.com, where we got an email from Ashley Trueheart. Oh, I like that name. 
Sounds like she's like out of like a Dudley Do Right commercial. <laughs> right. Um, hi, Len and Vince. I, hey, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. I appreciate this podcast so much. Oh, nice. Listening to the Michelle Mission has consistently been one of the brighter spots of my week, month after month. Oh, oh that's so thank sweet. you. As a student of film and a black person, you always give me plenty to think about. I enjoy your commentary <clears throat> on every film and would love to hear what you have to say about Imitation of Life, mm. both the 1934 original and the 1959 remake. There is plenty to unpack and cringe at in both films. Perhaps you could compare and contrast. Uh, in regards to Mississippi Masala, the film that we reviewed last week, Yes, I want to challenge Vince's opinion regarding the, the conversation that Jay had with Mina about how they, meaning black people, yes. always sticking to their own in the end. Jay being Mina's father, the Indian yes. father, and uh, speaking to his daughter. According to Vince, the writers could have plucked any race into that conversation to the same effect. However, I disagree. Okay. Remember, Jay was still tra- still carrying the hurt of his best friend, Okelo, seemingly turning against him back in Uganda. In his mind, his best friend ultimately sided with Idi Amin's hateful rhetoric and chose being a black African over his brother-like friendship with Jay. Yes. For this reason, I think Jay was very clearly referring to black people during right, that conversation right, with right. his daughter. It's what made the ending of the film so beautiful. Jay able to return home to Uganda and make peace with his separation from and memory of Akilo. Keep up the important work, Ashley. Okay. I agree. I think Ashley makes a good point. I think that kind of speaks to what I was saying. Like That's not spelled out as much as I thought it could be. Like I think obviously there were parallels mm-hmm. between the, the black Ugandans and and their and Jay's sort of opinion of black people in Mississippi. Right. But and we talked about it last last week. I I still think she tiptoed around it. And and you know I think Mira Nero like I think the director. I think as viewers we had to infer that much more than we should have. And, you know, now we've entered into Goldilocks territory. You know, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's just right. But, you know, for me, I thought she could have pressed down a little bit more with that with, with that connection. But I think Ashley's absolutely right. I She's agree. absolutely right. And uh, thank you, Ashley, for schooling Vince. <laughs> now, um, it's interesting, though, in her first paragraph, she talked about Imitation of Life, the 1934 yes. original and the 1959 right. um, uh, remake. Have either of you, Team Amalgam, uh, seen either of the Imitation of Lives? Movies? I have, and it's funny, though. I don't know which one I've seen. I mean, because they're both older movies. Older, old films, yeah, right. I've, I've definitely... I think I've only seen one because I've seen it multiple times, but I believe it's always the same mm-hmm. version. Um, and I think it must be the fifties one because I think it's in color. I was about to yes, say is. Is the, yeah. the original one. I think is black, black and white. white. The original well, one is rough maybe, too. Maybe I have seen the original one because I uh, I don't know, but I have seen it. What do you think of it? Um, I mean it, it's I mean, it's a hard story to to watch. I mean it's. It is tragic. I mean, it's doing that tragic mulatto. Thing. I was about to say, yeah. oh, that mulatto is so tragic. <laughs> I mean, so that you know, that is like the, the trope that they're doing. But um, you know, just 
you know, anytime you see like someone rejecting like their their mom, and in this particular case, this, the mom loved her and, yeah. and you know gave up things for her and was willing to you know play the role that she wanted her to play so that she could pass or you know whatever to make her life easier. Hold it one moment. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's I thought we did mic check earlier, so I thought oh, I was. I didn't I turn think, it off. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Well, um, but it's good. I don't keep going. Okay. Yeah. So I just, uh, yeah. So it, it just you know the mom sacrifice and the you know the the daughter's kind of I don't know. Just I don't. I can't even think of the word for it, but j- disregard. Yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. her for her mother mm-hmm. until you know, of course, it's too late. Right, yeah, right, right. That's how it happens. Yeah, that's how it happens. What you th- what you think about it, Corinne? You, I heard you saying like the original was kind of rough. You saw the original one? No, yeah, I've seen. I think I saw the. Um, I think I must have seen the remake, but the original one, I remember thinking this is so awful. And then the original though was even rougher. Like the whole thing is they get rich off of this woman's pancake recipe. Pancakes. <laughs> Pan- Secret and, pancakes. Oh, I don't that. And oh yeah. yeah, that's the that's the original, and it's like oh. Wait, we're using your pancake recipe. Maybe we should give you some money. And she's like, "Of course not. It's just I'm just glad to be here working for you guys." Right, right. right. And it was like a very like, oh Wait, man, it's totally pan- different world. Pancakes aren't in the remake. I thought they got rich off the pancakes in the in '54 too. But it was I in '54. I don't remember the pancakes even being there. I just remember that scene did not. <laughs> I don't think it made. The the- <laughs> You haven't seen them both. Maybe I've, I, I thought I only saw 1956, but all I remember the pancakes. Yeah, that, that pancake thing. I just remember being like, I don't know what the other version of this looks like, right. but this is and they no, both, and they this both is have a place the funeral though. Yeah, that, with her looking yeah she comes to the in and she and, yeah she, she has a song she wants. I think oh, song and ugh. it's just like imitation. Yeah, I think the one in color does not have the pancake. I don't remember pancakes at all. Maybe I've only seen the original. Maybe. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jazz? I, I I've seen it. I I need to see things at least like five times to remember because <laughs> I know I've seen it as a child. But if I did not revisit it, yeah, right. I, I remember certain scenes. I remember the scene where she uh, comes to get her in the black and white one from the school, and and all the kids are yeah <laughs> yeah, and all the kids are like, I didn't know she was a Negro. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When she's she, walking out of the classroom, yeah. yeah. And she runs out and she's like, I hate you. It's like, how dare you tell that black lady you hate her? <laughs> um, so, yeah. so I, yeah, I remember that, but uh, I don't I don't know anything about pancakes. I need to say it again. No, it's okay. It's yeah. crazy to, um, to look on Wikipedia. They're talking about mm-hmm. the 1934 film. The 1934 film is described as an American drama directed by John Stahl with a screenplay by William Herbert um, based on Fanny Hearst's 1933 novel of the same name uh, starring Claudette Colbert Warren William and Rochelle Hudson and features Louise Beavers and Freddie Washington features Louise Beavers right right like right. like like she's, yeah, and that's she's, the mom, right? She's, yeah, the, she's, the, mom. Like the, the, the she's only the star. She's only like the yeah. star, but she's, she's but she's featured. featured. Well, wait. So I don't think I knew that it was a book. Is the book written by a black author or is it a white author? Uh, that's a good question. Fanny Hurst is a oh wow. Because that could go either way, Fanny. Mm, you're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> to look at her, she looks. She looks. Hurst was actively supported. She she looks to be white. However. 
Uh, but I'm I'm just trying to read here. If they yeah, the whole crux of that story is about passing. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Um. Her fa- her parents were assimilated Jewish immigrants. So okay. So, so right. she was white. Okay. She was definitely uh, a or white. Or was woman. that just her cover story? Right. <laughs> no, that appears to be the. See, Vince, you're gonna have me read this whole thing. No, that appears. <laughs> that, oh no, reading. No. <laughs> oh no. Um, but it's interesting the way that they they described the 1934 as a drama the 1959 film directed by douglas sirk and starring lana turner and john gavin uh they describe as an american romantic drama Mm. it's interesting just a difference uh there Um, beefed up those white characters give them more representation oh my god it's true i honestly have not seen either film in totality Mm. um and See, here's the thing, though, and this is a good question. Would you consider, because anytime you start talking about, like, the, the great black films, a lot right. of people imitation point to of Imitation of up. Life. Mm-hmm. I said consider, very early on, like, old black people love Imitation of Life. But would you consider Correct. it a black film, really? I would, because, I mean, the whole because subject matter about. is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would, too. I mean, because that, that is no other group. Right. What passing? I was about you to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you said like, "Oh, he's passing," I feel people. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. So I think that is like something that is very like authentic and and uh, like self contained yeah. in our community. I would too, but I didn't enjoy it or feel empowered by it the way I do for other black films. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know if that's like you know where you were going with that, but I from what I remember watching it, I don't remember, I don't remember all the details, but I do remember watching it. And I was just kind of like, I would never, I'm never going to watch this again. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I couldn't relate to it. I didn't, you know, I, it's hard watching movies that old where you see, uh, black women having to play the same sort of role over and over again. Um, you know, yeah, oh, just not never very... Gonna change. No, <laughs> that's still... You don't like movies. <laughs> like, I don't. Isn't she, the, isn't she the maid in Get Out? Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. Is black she? Movie? Is she? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> Jumping ahead, Corinne. Yeah, Corinne. Yeah, Corinne. But speaking of imitation of life and it being, I guess for lack of a better word, black movie homework. Like, like yes. I, I yes. do feel like there's yes. a hole it, it, absolutely. in my, yeah. you know, in my whatever, my knowledge. Right. Because I haven't seen either film. So eventually I'll get down to it. Even though it's interesting, it was made in 1934 and then the next one was made 25 years later. Yes. Considering how much of a seminal film it is, like everybody, I'm surprised it hasn't been remade. Oh, it it doesn't age well. I was gonna say it's kind of hard to yeah. play that game. <laughs> like right well, now. you ran away from your black mother. I, I feel like oof. now trying to remake it, people would just bash it. Nobody right. wants to see that. You know what I mean? I feel like the time for that has passed. You know okay. what I mean? So it's one thing to revisit something that was done and, and speak about it, but to spend time yeah, and energy not. to reimagine yeah, it. It's... I don't think anybody's here for that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I would like to see, because um, passing in, in the modern age is different. So if they were to upgrade all of it, that would be something that would be interesting because it's not but something. what do you mean passing in the, the modern age? Because it's, it's, I mean, it's different now. I think it's different for, um, it's it's not as I don't think it's as necessary. I think a lot right. of black people want to claim their blackness, but there are some who don't, and the people who don't, that's a very specific group and what is their life like. Mm. Um, whereas this, it's like kind of, I kind of know what that, you know, right, I kind of right. know what that looks like. But uh, 
I never I thought of it like that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. See, I wouldn't mind seeing that because um, I just it's real. It's hard to watch. It's so dated. I can't really relate to any of it. I get frustrated with you know just like I like I said before with the. Um, uh, older black woman's character is the same I see in like Gone with the Wind. It's like Gone with the Wind is rough. It's like why well, can't I? Just, I can't well, but handle it's this. It's like Birth of a Nation. Like you do need to you watch these things to see the interpretation, and it's like that. That's how you um you have an understanding of the the time period. Right. We're talking about how if you look at the movies from today in twenty years, it's going to be like I can't believe they made that joke. You right. know, right. <laughs> and it's right. like everything's changing. So. From a historical film perspective, it's like it's worth seeing. That's what I was. That's what I was mostly thinking about. Like, you know, we revisit slavery times all the time, pulling out different stories and, and right. trying to tell it from you know with twenty first century storytelling techniques and with a, uh, mm-hmm. a new knowledge of what we have at the time and and maybe trying to depict the story. You know you know, quote unquote more accurately, you know, so who's to say that there might not be an exercise and a and a worth in depicting that story, even at that time. Right. More as it being it's, truly reflective we, we, of that time. We touched on this before. There are a couple of passing films that have been made in like the past fifteen years, but like that's part of the twist of the film. So yeah. like I almost mm. don't want to say them out loud. Mm. Okay, but there have been there yeah, have been true. at least two. Oh, that one, Anthony. Oh. Yeah, there have been at least two. Did <laughs> he not just is. say? Although I will say one of them. <laughs> you have to give me this list because I'm, right. I was. Well, like, there's one of them one. that I didn't really think it was a twist because, like, clearly Jennifer Beals is not white. So mm. you, so you know, Devil in a Blue Dress, in a way, is a passing story, but. You know, it's this sort of thing, and it's sort is of, that clearly? Is it clear? Yeah, yeah that's no, clearly. that's the whole that's the whole deal with with it because she's dating yeah. the, the 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 politician, and the politician doesn't know that yeah. she's black. Well, I don't, but I don't think I knew that about Jennifer Bill until I someone told me. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily clear. Yeah, that that's Jennifer what I meant. She's not. You wouldn't white. have thought that if she was in Flashdance, because like, Flashdance is definitely not a. It's a she. I feel like she's definitely playing a white character there. I feel like it's not like, oh, she's... This is the black movie. This is the black yeah. thing going yeah. on, you know? I think Jennifer Beals looks like, for lack of a more elegant term, one of the tribe. Like, when I see That's Jennifer That's interesting. Beals, yeah. like, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know. We come in all so. flavors, but... It's like I, I didn't know I've when I first saw her. Don't know. That's the whole thing about passing. Well, black people would know. <laughs> We'd be like, that dude's black. Black people always know, but white people don't. So it is like... It, it, that's what I'm wondering about, like the politics of making a passing movie, because you can't mm. cast a white person because we would burn the studio. Well, down. I mean, but that's what they did in the past. It's like all all right. of these films, like Pinky and and uh, uh, Imitation of Life. It's like right. they are white actresses playing black. Yeah, but you, you know, can't do that now, right? Well, they well, what's the uh, Aloha? What's that one with um oh, Emma Stone? Right, right, Emma right. Stone, she's yeah. Playing, uh, but that's the thing. That's the thing is, I mean, black. I feel like uh, black people are much more. Sens- we've we've had a long history of seeing white people do that. We, uh, well, we, no, we all have. You know, we've all suffered yeah, from that yeah, in I the Asian we, community we, and the black you community. Know, black people will get some people fired from their nice white people jobs. Right. Like, y'all <laughs> protesting and getting angry now. I don't have my job anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> they cut me loose. Yeah, but I th- but I think it's so important. I think we need to show solidarity with that. I uh, feel very passionate about that. Um, right. When we see something like that, I think we should. 
ally ally ourselves with uh, the Asian community right and be across like, the board. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because yes, so. I I just I don't see it a lot with uh, like when I'm looking online, I see the social media response. Um, I just feel like black people aren't jumping on board. And it's like you know you would be upset about this, right. so we should you know let we want them to be on board with us too. Right. So I don't know. Okay, so before we get into this film, real quick, but we'll watch Imitation of Life at some point. Are you? I like the suggestion to watch them both and review them together yeah. as a yeah. comparison. Yeah. That's I, that would be interesting. Yeah, especially since I think both are probably considered quality wise along the same lines, as right. opposed to like when we reviewed Sparkle with you. You know, we didn't do the remake because nobody wanted to. There's no rush, <laughs> right? right. To get to that film. And they're like two different movies. Oh, God. Like, they're actually like two different movies. It's like a totally another. But speaking of Sparkle, speaking of Imitation of Life, and, you know, going off a little bit of knowledge that I know of the three of you lovely ladies, would you say that there are more than a few substantial holes in your black movie watching, like, history? (laughs) Well, hey. I can answer for myself. <laughs> uh, the joke is among my friends, present company included, uh, that I was on the hip hop spaceship. So there, <laughs> there are like gaps in my like movie history and just pop culture history. I don't know what white things are, so I'll hear songs. It's like I've never heard the song before. It's like who is this person? What like, is this movie? Like okay, so let me just ask you guys: if someone were, if someone were to sing "Ironic," would you know what that song was? Yeah, isn't it ironic? Somebody? Would you know? Yes. She does not know that song. And that is a gap. That's a cultural gap. That's not a like, oh, we're, it's like we live in this country together, right? <laughs> right. Well, we're in the same elevators, and, in the same malls. Yeah, I can't speak to, like, I don't know. And I'm mean, I ain't mad at you. And my, no. my, my mom was, you know, very, very pro-black. I mean, and so I just feel like I, she focused on a lot of black things. So, like, uh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. I don't even know the name of the movie. I've never seen Mary Poppins. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I know Dick Van Dyke in it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's like I was watching Polly and right. the Last Dragons. Like I was not watching. I, I was we, not watching. You know, even like Polly Ann. I know it exists. But the thing is, we were also watching Polly. But so, no. <laughs> did you know there's a white version of the Wiz? She did. She didn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that there. Was she a didn't know there was a white version of Polly. No, I did know that. Oh, was I thought you didn't no, know. I knew there was Pollyanna, and I've but I've seen the preview for it, and I was like, "Why would you ever watch this after you've seen?" Why would you Polly? ever watch this? No, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with you. Wait, Polly is so much better. Disney needs to. <laughs> they need I know to it's so hard to get it again for black families need Polly in their lives. It's true, but I will say there are gaps in my black movie experience based on my age. So, like, in the early 90s when all those... Like, I have seen Boys in the Hood, but, like, Don't Be a Menace to Society, New Jack City. Like, there are certain movies that I just never saw, not because I wouldn't have watched it, but because I wasn't allowed to. And then as an adult, I didn't necessarily make the effort to go back and watch those movies. Right. Um, But, you know, but, you know, like, you know, Jason's Lyric, Poetic Justice, like, things like that I've seen, but then there, you know, like I said... Sure. there, There are some gaps. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I think that as a, as a um, you know, as a service to, to you three ladies, I think it's only fair that me and Vince try and come up with a list. Oh, is that quick. what we're doing? Oh, right now. Right now. Okay. Mm, I like this. Of, a spot. Like, seven. 
seven, seven black movies you need to you see. You need to see. Okay. And and if you've seen any of them, then boom, they're already off your list. All but, right. But, but let's be honest. If you saw them, like, yeah, I saw that like about 10, 15 years ago. Maybe you need to revisit it. Okay. You know? It doesn't count. Yeah, I get it. All right. Well, so yeah. I'll. So it's seven each? No, it'll no. just be a seven. Okay. It'll be seven. So I'll, okay. give you, I'll give you the first one. All right. That I think that you all all should see. All right? <laughs> and I don't see anybody taking out a pen and paper. It's going to be recorded. Yeah. It's Sorry. almost like it's already taken care of. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that you should see A Soldier's Story with um, Adolf Caesar, uh, the... Denzel Washington, his his first Oscar-winning performance. Yeah. And I will say, I, I have seen that, and I never understood Denzel Washington. Like, I always felt like he's the guy your mom likes. But after seeing a soldier story, I was like, oh, now I get it. Now you get it. I get it. There you go. Yeah, and it is like virtually <laughs> like a, a who's who of Howard Rollins. Yeah, Howard, Howard Rollins, who some of you may not know. That's fair, because the man fell off. Um Badly, unfortunately, to, to his, but David David Allen Greer is in there. Robert Townsend, everybody's in it. Uh, like everybody is in this film. It is, it is, it is, and and Patty Labelle in a short little cameo, uh, and it's a cool, like almost like murder mystery in this um, military um, like drama uh, that's based on a play written by August Wilson. So just like if, you know, everybody's you know. No, I thought it was August movie. Wilson didn't read a, write who, a soldier's play. That's um, it is the other one. It's not August Wilson. It's um, to the ghoul. Sorry, I mean, and he's right on the tip of my tongue. Well, spit it out. I know. Why? <laughs> well, while, while he's looking for that, to say that it's going to be, can I get points for having seen it younger? Yes. <laughs> no, you get okay. points, but you need to see it again. I need to see it again. Okay, but I am in the category. Have, Corinne, have you seen it? Wait, the guy that you said because I'm bad with people's actual names. Charles Fuller. That's right, Charles, Charles Fuller. Fuller. Oh, who did um, "To Sleep with Anger"? Who did "To Sleep with Anger"? That's, That's right. No, the guy that you said fell off badly. That's the light skin, like the no, how, no, how wrong? Very dark skin um, right. actor who this movie was like his his rocket ship. It was his coming like, out. He was he was. Like at this time, because mind you, Denzel, while he's in this, this is very young Denzel. Yeah. He was like primed to be the Denzel of that. He was time. Sydney Portier 2.0. Yeah. Like they were, that's what they were doing with him. As a matter of fact, oh, so much so that he went from this to, I think, maybe it, about a, a year or yeah. so later, he starred in the television series The, the Heat of the Night based on. Oh, right, that's Howard Rollins. Oh, yeah. I remember that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. he fell off because of a drug addiction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Eventually, I, I think it eventually killed drug, him. Yeah. Yeah, black and yeah. hard, but y'all. He didn't. He was still on Heat of the Night for the the run of the show. Don't just right? don't. Don't this is like one of my triggers. Talk about oh. in the heat of the night, the television show will be another three hours. Oh, okay. Yes, he was, and then he kind of like that's a whole fantastic, not fantastic. He wasn't going for the whole. Intro- run. No, for like I said, he faded oh, away he throughout. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like for like it was it was really bad. Yeah, really bad. Like okay. The, like, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. So so a soldier story. Okay, soldier story. All right, Vince. Um, I mean, we're doing the big ones. The color purple. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. Vince. <laughs> it's seven. I mean, it's because you ladies, you ain't necessarily seen, but you know. But it's very important to women. Yeah, it's it's very, like women rewatch it. Yeah. Every, very few things. Very, very few things blacker than the color purple. I was very impressed. My niece just read it for school. Because yeah. I saw, like, I saw the book, and I was like, "Is this your mom's book?" And she was like, "No, it's mine. We read it for school. We were, wow. and we were about to watch the movie, and then we we're going to have a talk back discussion." I was like, "What is this education?" She I think I read it for school too. I did not. Yeah, I did. Well, I went to school in Glen Burnie, so. <laughs> You might want to specify where that is for uh, the audience. That's, uh, <laughs> I know where it is. Like a, a country suburb of Maryland, so it's like maybe 15, 20 minutes outside of Baltimore. Yeah. They're chickens. Um, shut up. <laughs> Those were not our chickens. <laughs> I Those are not our chickens is do. not a good I, excuse. I cannot help what the neighbors do. We or don't I don't live in the, in the South is saying that I didn't anyway, have the chickens. I'm continuing on. Um... Yeah, so it was just, you know, and it's very, um, I went to school in the county, so it was very white. Uh, and mm. so, you know, they we did not have a diverse, like, book selection. Not until I was, like, in my senior year, and I specifically took a class where the teacher was very adamant about reading books from other cultures. So we read The Joy Luck Club. We read Love Medicine, which was about a Native American experience. Like, she and we read Sula. Right, Like, right, she, was, right. she was on point, but all my other teachers, not so much, so. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I was like, really? I was like, really? I was like, go ahead, Danica. Just the girl. My next film for you is from 1997. It is Eve's Bayou. Good one. Another thing for the ladies. Yeah. Yes, oh, so y'all seen that? We, yes, we've all, multiple times. Oh, very good. Multiple. Multiple. I hate that for the you, Sesame. Uh-huh. Well done. Well done. <laughs> that one comes off the list. All very right. Good. Very good, Vince. Sweet, sweet backs, badass song. Now, okay, I have not seen that. All though right. I do know what it is. My brother-in-law was like, He's not a fan of it, but it's uh, yeah. Van, Van Peebles, right? Yeah, that's right, Melvin Van Peebles. Melvin. Yeah, the, the dad. start of the quote unquote black exploitation period. Yeah, there are a lot of people that aren't fans of it. Do you two like it? I feel I'm like, a fan. I feel like Len's a hater. I'm a fan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, look, look, because you don't like something doesn't mean you're a hater. It means that you just may not like it. Okay. Hating on, hate, hating on it. Breathe in, breathe out. I don't like it. Is that another one to see just for uh, like film history purposes? So like good along the path of yes, yes, because it really is sort of a line of demarcation between the black films before that and the black films after that. Oh, sweet sweet back, sweet sweet back, badass song. Does that? Kind of predate like the Dolomite film. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right before them. Yes. All right. This is a film I know you haven't seen. It's from 1969. It's called Uptight. It was a film that we reviewed on the Michelle Mission that we had never seen. Yeah. yeah. But it is like just must see. It, it takes place like like I think like right after the, the assassination of Martin Luther King. Yes. When it opens yeah. right at, it, it at opens during the, the riots. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, riots yeah, and the, the funeral. funeral. Um, oh, and amazing. it's basically about these um, revolutionaries that want to now just use this as an opportunity to one, you know, go claim their rights and all that stuff, but also do a little dirt. Mm -hmm. And this one conflicted guy who gets caught up in it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, I mean, it's, it, it's incredible that it's a movie that, that we totally slept on. It has a very, very young Ruby D in it. I love Ruby D. In a, in a, in a powerful (laughs) role. Like this is is Ruby D. Like, like, if you only know Ruby D from like '90s on, do the right thing. Yeah, this is 
Ruby D, like prime Ruby D, like mm-hmm. killing it, man. It's a great movie. Do you know if it's um black produced? It, yes, it is black produced. So, oh, black okay. White director though. Yes, oh, okay. white director. Yeah. But a primarily a, a black cast. Yeah. And, okay. and while white directed, it 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 doesn't mince uh, right. words with the black experience at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's really cool. it's really cool. Uh, you just said it, but do the right thing. Yes. Have to watch Do the Right Thing. Corinne? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wasn't sure. All right. I couldn't remember. I've seen Do the Right Thing. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. That's definitely my favorite Spike Lee, and it's my, probably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. And we recently lost Radio Raheem. And we recently, we recently lost yeah. Radio Raheem. I, I just thought that the energy of it was almost like he was ready for the MTV generation. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I read that the way they edited it was so fast, and I mean, because most, most films would dwell on scenes a little more. But apparently the editing was, it's almost for the attention span of like the digital age. Um, so when I watched it, I was like, I can't believe this was made in the 80s. Like, this is crazy. Right. Um, and we're still talking about the same race stuff now. I just, I just think it, it like holds up. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. So, right. yeah. How many is that? That's uh, five. Okay. So now, now my, Vince is going to kill me because he would never expect this to be on my list. But I think that you should see it. And that is uh, Claudine. Starring mm. uh, Diane Ooh. Carroll and James Earl Jones. Oh, I've, I've heard of that. It, okay. It's from but the 70s. It. And um, it really, it tells the story of a, of a you know, a single mother um, raising her kids in the in the hood. But wait, do they make that a TV show too? Wasn't I, I think it for a second. It did they? Because yeah, I feel like Diane Carroll had... She did a TV no, show, but it wasn't Julia. the same. It was Julia. Julia. Yeah, oh, Julia. Okay. And that was before Yeah, that's this. a different... Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. And that was before this. And Julia, as much she was fancier. She was, I mean, she was a nurse. Oh, she yes. was, she was very fancy. Oh, and Julia. Yeah. She was <laughs> very now fancy. Now Vince is taking his opening. <laughs> sweet, sweet love mode. <laughs> the octave went Cause, so Because Lynn's a bit of a Diane Carroll hater. Oh yeah, he is. Whereas I love Diane Carroll. What's not to like, Lynn? I would inquire minds. I don't feel she's the strongest actress. Mm. I don't knock her as a person. I just don't feel she's the strongest Lord, actress. She knocks a little. I, that, that's similar to how people feel about um, Diana Ross. It's like she's beautiful, but is she a strong singer? Like that yeah. sort of thing. Like people love is her. Is that a thing? I didn't know there was a thing. Yeah. Well, they were like, she's not the best Supreme. <laughs> so right, they were like, right. uh, these other chicks right there right, are better than you. There are actually other Supremes who said <laughs> that. That was the whole thing about Dreamgirls. Like that was the kind of the... The, that was a big thing, right? Oh, okay. with, right. with Effie's character saying she can't sing that song, right? Me, kind of thing. Okay, I didn't, but, but I didn't realize that that was a, a real thought about Diana Ross because that's like, yeah, but she fit better. It's just like yeah. the Dina Jones thing. She she fit better. Well, like with pop music, with music, it's right. like it's you don't have to sound like the best singer. You right. have to have a distinct style. Right. Like yeah, sometimes you don't need voice. Aretha. Like I love yeah. Aretha, but Aretha doesn't fit in each slot. So you know the Supremes. Where you dresses, you do your thing. You gotta show, you know me, show it to Copa. You gotta show it to Copa. <laughs> like Diana Ross was like a diva from the get, which right. is why it's like why people love her. But I think that's the whole thing with. I guess that's I feel like uh, Diane Carroll. So it's like she she had style and all this stuff. Style, so her acting, grace, um, uh, she is royalty walking in 
black Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I will grant her all of that. I just don't think she's the strongest actress. Mm. I need to see more stuff, yeah. And 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 there are some there's some things I've seen her in that she was good. And she's good in Claudine. She's good in Claudine. She is yes. Good in Claudine. Again, another film with a very young James Earl Jones. You will see James Earl Jones as you have never seen him before. <laughs> and a lot of them. You'll see a lot of James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. James Earl Jones? Yes. It's, it's, oh, actually, I yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there's a strategic towel, but it's pretty full frontal. Like, it is, like, wow. like Jim. you're going to wake up in the morning and not think, wow, I'm going to see James Earl Jones up a thaw. But little <laughs> did you know what the day had in store for you. <laughs> But it's a good film. It's, it's a great film. It's a great, great film. It's a great film. And uh, timely, I'm going to go with Medicine for Melancholy. Barry oh, Jenkins film. That's wow. the film that Barry Jenkins made before Moonlight. That was his first film. Oh. And how many years before Moonlight? Six years. Mm, wow. Six years. And we are big fans on this show. And I've mm. been a fan since it came out. And mm. it's a it's a couple in San Francisco. And... and Relevant to tonight's conversation, it's two black people who hang out with predominantly white people and they find each other. And then they kind of had this conversation about what it's like to be black in a mostly white environment and what are their responsibilities or lack thereof. What does this mean? All set against San Francisco being regentrified right in front of them. Oh, my God. We went to San Francisco and it was. Yeah, we. We went to San Francisco recently for a friend's birthday, and it was hard. Mm. Like beautiful, right, like, si- beautiful, beautiful city. Everything about it was I would live here in a second if I could afford it. The best fruit we have ever. I was like, I've never seen fruit like this. But <clears throat> to see the the poverty and like the brown faces, it's, it's in poverty. It was just like really mm-hmm. hard. Wow. I was like, I have to get out of here. Mm. But yeah, so that sounds. That. Yeah, we're. I want to watch that immediately. Big fan. Medicine for Melancholy is a very solid. Gentlemen, this looks solid. It's almost like we didn't just fall off a turnip truck. A turnip truck. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like they know something about movies. It's almost like you know a little bit about these black movies. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) all the best. Yeah, you watch a few. All Mm -hmm. the best. Get to act like you know, you know, at least out of front. Um, But ladies and gentlemen, right now it is time for us. Let's do it. To welcome you to the Michelle Mission as we review 2017's Get Out. You got your toothbrush? Check. Do you have your deodorant? Check. Do you have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked, but he's... Blackman. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bruh. Meeting families, taking road trips. Don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, got your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this this thing? (laughs) We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. Do you smoke in front of my daughter? I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. 
You ready for this? How bad can it be? So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how are you not scared of this, man? Couldn't see no brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! <laughs> Rose, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Rose, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Sink. <laughs> Terrible thing to waste. Terrible thing to waste. If there's too many white people, I get nervous. American satirical horror film produced and directed by Jordan Peele in his directorial debut and also produced by Jason Bloom of Bloomhouse, uh, a film that stars Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford, Caleb Landry Jones, Stephen Root, Lakeith Stanfield, and Catherine Keener, and follows a young interracial couple who visit the mysterious estate of the woman's parents. The film premiered at Sundance Film Festival in January. It was released in the United States just uh, this past February. Received praise from critics for its atmospheric direction and cast and has grossed $81 million worldwide against its meager $4.5 million budget. Mm. This film was not only the selection of Vince, it was Vince's demand. Yes. That we see, do yes. this film. Absolutely. This week. Absolutely. To hear him tell it, he has not been able to do anything I, else. I have not. I have. Out. It has been on my mind. It's and I'm going to do something that we have never done before, but I think it's worth saying this. You know how we do, folks. We spoil movies. Yes. If you have not seen Get Out, stop listening to this podcast. And don't and don't listen until you see it, because I think this is a film that you need to not know all of the details when you go in. Yes, you're absolutely 100 percent correct. So if you haven't seen it, stop. We'll be here. <laughs> you'll be here when you get- go listen to our review of Why Did I Get Married? Sorry, guys. That's a fun one. There you go. But for the rest of you. <laughs> Lyndon, uh, yeah, I love this movie. I loved this movie and it it is thought provoking. It is um, powerful. It is filled with great details. Uh, I I think it's a testament to the film that it's been out for what, two weeks now. Mm -hmm. I've read a dozen essays on this film where people have dissected it and they see things and things that I caught things that I didn't catch, which, you know, that's always great when people tell you about things that you didn't catch. I will I will say this. I think it's it's funny. I was listening to our October episodes getting ready for this, which October we did all horror movies. And I think 
the initial thing that I love about this film is that when you know we talk about horror movies, there, there's all this sort of language of the horror movie and and the things that we talk about with horror movies. And specifically, you, you know, you think about the 80s and 90s and, and a lot of, of you, you know, I would argue the slasher movies and the monsters become almost the lead characters, your Freddy Kruegers, you know, your Mike Myers, so on and so forth, is because the victims are so, the victims make decisions that we as the viewers say, well, you're a dummy. Right. So you get what you get. Right. And, you know, I think Cabin in the Woods kind of did a great job kind of, of, of dissecting that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of sprayed the gas on it. was like, oh, we should split up or, you know, let's go to the abandoned graveyard and have sex with one another. Yeah. And there's all. And of course, the black guy gets killed first and all these sort of cliches. But but it really is part of the language of the horror movie. And I think. What fascinates me, you know, very sort of superficially about this film is how Jordan Peele is very aware of this language and very aware of the tropes of the horror film. But when you superimpose sort of a very specific type of black experience and, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit last like like like, you know, the thing I've been saying is like this is not a film Spike Lee could have made or a lot of these directors because this is a film. That only someone who has been the only black person in a room full of white people or in an environment full of white people in neighborhood, you know, an interracial relationship, you know, you work with all white people. This is a very specific type of experience, because what happens for a lot of us is that we have these experiences and people say things or, or there's this interaction and our instinct is this is not right. Maybe I should leave, mm. but you ignore it because mm-hmm. you know, you live in this world. You, you, you kind of, you know, and you think, well, maybe they didn't mean anything by that. Or, you know, maybe they, you know, they just don't know this, that, and the other, and you ignore it. And I love the way the film examines that. So that last part, you know, talk about the black film or the black horror film experience. You didn't mention um, Lorel Howery, who plays Chris's friend. Trevor. Rod. Oh, Rod. Is it Rod? Rod. I thought it was Trevor. I'm wrong. (laughs) Right. Sorry. And Rod is every sort of stereotypical black guy at the horror movie. He's the audience. You know, don't go in there. Don't do that. Don't do this. But as the film goes on. He's making the most sense of everyone in the film. So then you have kind of Jordan Peele saying that this black audience understands what's happening more than, you know, this traditional audience. So I I really just wanted to put that out. I I mean, you know, it is a film you talk about from a million different angles. I know, you you know, not to talk out of school. I know the ladies in here want to talk about the lady angles. The lady angles. Lady Angle. Like, I think that's the technical that term. I think that's the technical term. That sounds like another podcast. Lady Angles. Lady Angles. Lady Angles with the ladies. But in the medical world. You know, I think that's sort of my initial. What Come I, to the stage. Lady Angles. You know, how, how this film kind of fits in the horror movie tradition. So. I, I appreciate uh, your insight there because I I did I loved Rod's character and I felt like he was the only one that was like making any sense um, and uh, and if it wasn't for him uh, 
the uh, protagonist would not have made it, but I didn't think about it from the angle of him being the black audience watching a horror movie. And it's like, that is absolutely true. Right. Yeah, that that's is, brilliant. That's, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Hey. Thank you, Vince. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. And as a, yeah, adds a whole nother level to it because we, we, we thought about seeing it again because once you get to the end, so much of what you don't know is going on happens so quickly. And so just like just everything you just said, it seemed like a second viewing is kind of necessary, which I hope happens so that he gets yeah. all the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, just right. just rack up. I don't care if it's already a lot, just more money. Um, so, yeah. And, and I feel like there are so many layers to that because there are things that we talked about um, when it came to like missing black men or missing black people mm. at all uh, at all. And how like thinking back on some of the scenes where it's like, is this why they were, uh, why black people are chosen? Is it anything specific about race or is it really just because they understand socially that we are not um, important enough to society to look for? Mm. Um, so that, you know, so things like that, that we kind of wanted to go back and reexamine because like you said, you could, we could talk about this movie. It's from all types of angles. And that is, that is one of those well, we're here to talk about this movie, so let's pick an angle and, and <laughs> a lady, a lady angle or a male angle, whatever angle, <laughs> whatever you angle you want. I think it's interesting. The one thing that you picked up on about, um, you know, what was their motivation? Mm-hmm. You know, were they just you know fetishizing the the black body, right. or or was there um, the undertone about them knowing like, yeah, we can just snatch these black people off the street and ain't nobody really going to miss them. Uh, People are not going to do but so much, right? You know, right. Exactly. Um, and I think I think that's all of that. Mm-hmm. It's right. all of yeah. it. It's it's all about you know the way that they you know when um, he's Chris is is the the boy, right? Right. Name. The main character. When is he's Chris. at the he's at this big party with all the you know the white people. There are literally people walking up there and they're just feeling like, oh, you're, you're lovely. What do you what do you do like? 40 squats, you know what I mean? Right, you know, right. like, they're like sizing a brother up, you know? It's like almost like, you know, the slave trade. You're, right. up, yeah. on, you're up up there on the rack. An auction you know? block. In. And Lynn, yeah. block. certainly you've never been somewhere where somebody entered your personal space and touched you. Yeah, can you guys explain? I mean, from has the that, That's black never happened male. to you in your entire life? As a black woman, yes, it has. I, I can just imagine. Um, right, right. Don't touch my hair. Don't the yeah, hair. Had the that. hair. Well, I've had that happen mm-hmm. back when I used to have, have locks. some locks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've mm-hmm. had people like like just just walk up on you and just be like, "Ooh, this is like you know, back <laughs> up, Jack." But um, so but there's some of that. There's a lot of that in this film. But I think that there also is that um, that undertone, especially especially because you know this is not you know he goes to this party. You know that the, his, his girlfriend's parents throw, and it's not just white people there. No, this is like you know the creme de la creme. You know, like this is almost like you know, like like old Connecticut money. Right. You know, white right. money yeah. here. You know what I mean? And if there is anyone that is going to be, you know, in black people's eyes, and more dismissive of the black experience. You know, it's going to be that audience right there who, you know, like, yeah, they'll just snatch you off the street because they don't care. Even if they think that you will be missed, they've got the money to cover it up. Mm -hmm. Right. Or they've done so much, you know, in their minds, so much good. You know, I would have voted for for Barack four times if I could have. You know what I mean? (laughs) Twice on Sunday. You know, um, that, that, you know, no, they're above any type of reproach. That's because right then is 
black, I mean, white privilege in its prime. Like, think about the whole time when they're driving up there and they get pulled over by the police officer. And the police officer asked, you know, Chris for his ID. Now, Chris wasn't driving. It was the white girl driving. She maybe ran light or whatever. whatever. No, I think it wasn't because they hit that deer. They hit the deer. 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 Right, right. Yeah, so she's like, you know, and he asked for Chris's ID as well. Chris is willing willing to give it up. You know, an argument can be made. Why do you need his ID? He wasn't driving. But... To be fair, the cop also has an argument. You were in the car. I want to know who you are. You know what I mean? How do I, how do I know you? Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Gonna tell me like I'm Robert Jones, you know, whatever that that could be just a fake name. So to be fair, there's an argument to be made either way. But she is just mad defiant. Like, oh no, he doesn't need to give you that. You know. Now, if that had been a black woman or a black man having that conversation with that white cop, you know how it would have been, it would have been world star all over the place. You know, <laughs> of that person being buck bucked. We would have never been able to have that conversation. Like that's that is not a conversation that we we are too vulnerable to have that those have those words of police officers. We're too much aware of our own vulnerability there. But she's not. She's yeah. And and so that that was probably um, like I I I love this movie. I think this movie does a lot. But that was like one of the main things that I had issue with in the movie because they later. Revisit it, so not so much that it happens, and in hi- like in hindsight, like once you get to the end, you also see why else her motivation would have been for that police officer not to have his ID. Well, yes, yeah, right, right. It, she's covering because, her tracks, right? She's covering her tracks. But in the beginning, it, you know, it seems like the very traditional like black man mm-hmm. driving cop that whole situation. Um, but they revisit it, and Chris, you know, says to Rose that he thought that that was hot the way that she you know, stood up to the cop. Right. 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 And I, and I, I don't know. I felt like that was a little, um, like dismissive, dismissive of black women, because I feel like in her doing that and she is not, she is not fully aware of why that could have been dangerous for him. So again, not assuming we don't know the ending yet and we're just looking at it as as they presented it. Right. You know, it's, it's more than just, you know, well, that's unjust. It's like, well, it is unjust. And and we all know that. But, I, you know, especially like as a black woman, as a black person, we recognize how vulnerable we, we are. So it's like we just want to get out of the situation alive. You know what I mean? So that means give them the ID, shut up, 
Yes. And then and then just get the heck out of there. But again, this white woman comes in with her white privilege and is, is speaking to this cop in a way that we cannot. Right. But but also with no real understanding of why even her doing that could be dangerous for him. It's like nothing's going to happen to you. Something but something really bad could happen to him. And so the way that it was addressed is like, oh, that was hot. You know, I felt like it was like praising this white woman for like standing up for her man. But she doesn't really even understand the the enormity of what she's doing and how dangerous that is for him. Like not understanding his experience at all. And and I felt like um, I felt like there that situation could have been not that it should it should have been revisited, but he should have made the point of like you know, babe, I understand why you did that and I appreciate it, but this is why that's dangerous. Not just like, oh man, that's how, you know. You're my hero stuff. Yeah, my, my like, hero. You might say like, Which I, is I, like, black, it's like black women, like black really women are saving black men all the time and for it to be sort of like yeah we're we're in here putting in work and for it to just be like you know she like she's out here riding for me it's like is she riding for you yeah but i thought like i read it that that was the whole point of that like the whole point when he said that was hot i sat and i said oh he's a dummy Mm. (laughs) like what is he doing right now but i I don't know if everybody had that takeaway from it well i think the film does revisit it because you do have another interaction with Rose and what she thinks is the police. We're at the end where mm-hmm. the, the car drives up and she smiles. So right. she's well aware of, like, in my mind, Chris was in the sunken place before he was in the sunken place. <laughs> wow. So that <laughs> the whole okay. film was saying, you know, I, I, I want to yeah, call him a know. dumbass so bad. Yeah. Like, like, but when he's like, Again, I'm a um. Oh, I just forgot his name. Lil Rel's character. Oh, Rod. Rod. I'm a Rod man. <laughs> Rod said from the first, the very Mark first time to bleep that. <laughs> no, I said I'm a Rod man. It's a joke. Man. Oh. oh, the first thing Rod said, <laughs> and the last thing Rod said. Yeah, you don't need to be going up there. Mm-hmm. So that when he's you like you said, oh, that's so hot. Like I remember saying. What is he talking about right now? Mm. But then, I mean, let's just, that's the kind of dude who goes up in the woods <laughs> with this, I mean, look, with this white woman he's known for four months. Because then I was like, you don't even really know her. Right. Okay, all I right. I thought four months was a lot of time, though. I was like, for her whole. You know what? Four months? I'm going to meet your people at Starbucks. It's like, I'm not going up <laughs> in the woods. You're not, Vince. You're lying. You're, you're straight up lying, Vince. Four months into a relationship is not that long. It's not, you know, it's long enough that we, you might meet somebody's parents at their house. Their house in the is in the woods way up. <laughs> dude, dude, if, 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 if I'm seeing a, a chick, white, black, what doesn't matter. It's time to meet her parents. Yes. And I find out her parents got a house up in up the mountains the somewhere. I'm living in the city in an apartment. We're going to a house up on the hill for a week. Yes, I'm good. I think it's significant that Rod said you need to not be going up there like that. Okay. Okay. Take off take off Vince 2017. I, let's go let's go let's go Vince in his 20s. Yes, Vince in his 20s. Vince in his 20s is not going to see his Vince girlfriend's house in up his on the hill. 20s. It this is not about my girlfriend. Look, 
Vince in his 20s is not going somewhere way far off away from everybody else with a bunch of white people I don't know. Yes. Yes. Like, he could not get out of there. That's, like, that's crazy. The right. like, no one goes anywhere they can't get out of with well, he like didn't that. Know he could, I mean, no one black does. In his defense, he doesn't know that he... he there he, was one car. If he has said, I'll meet you there, <laughs> and I might have to leave a little early... Why? I'm just saying. I, I drive know. my own car. Yeah, like, like I'll meet. I'll go. I'll have you up, Because he had to ask for the like, babe, where are the keys? It's like, no, I want to be in charge of right. my own keys. I think he's. I, a, I think he's a specific <laughs> type of dude, and I think that moment That's showed well, well. that he's that dude. <laughs> have you ever, I mean, have you ever had um, uh, experience with that? Just as women going places, you know, where it's most where you know it's going to be mostly. Did you ever have that same sort of just just as friends, like? I don't think I have exactly, but no, I have a friend who like lives in like rural, like she lives on the eastern shore of Maryland, which I didn't even know was a thing. I was like, "What?" Where my wife's so people like, are from? Yeah, it's it's a very specific thing, and it's you know she doesn't have the internet, and it's a super rural situation where I'm you know from West Philly, so. And she did, could not understand while I was like freaked out, and I was like, "Listen, I don't know anybody here. I don't. This is." This is me being like completely at your mercy, which, you know, is not necessarily a bad thing. She's my friend. Right. I really care for her. She is fantastic. But at the same time, oh, here I am going. I don't. How well do I know this woman? And I'm about to be out in this farmland in the middle of nowhere. Where you have no contact with yeah. anyone who can get you or, you know, get yeah. you or care enough about you. Like, oh, something's going down. I got to right. go. And I didn't hear whether or not you said this friend was black or white. Like, I think just away like that there should have been more okay you know. I, I i still i still i still don't go for that i, I still disagree um, okay because i also think that now thinking about it that this film to a degree on that him going away plays on the trope of the black man you know i'll go where i want to go i'm good you know, I can I can take care of myself, you know, like because let's let's face it. Mm. There's a lot of black men, maybe not you, Vince, but there's a lot of black <laughs> men that will that walk the streets, you know, like pretty. They size people up like I can. I feel like I can take pretty much anybody that's going to be coming up the street. This I think the streets are one thing. I think out in the woods by yourself is a whole again. And they play on that in the very beginning of this film. When right. You see Lakeith Stansfield's uh, character walking walking the streets in a beautiful spot. He's looking for somebody's house. And God, if you're a brother. Mm. You've had this scene. Yeah, you're just walking on the street. You're like, I know I'm supposed to go left and right, you know. And you and you're peeping the neighborhood, and the neighborhood's nice enough that you feel like you know you're pretty comfortable walking. But then you just see the slow riding car coming along, and you feel like it's either town watch and they're going to be checking you. Let me take my hood down, you know right. what I mean? Take right. my earphones out, let them know that you know, like, yo, I watched the Cosby's. I'm good, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so as I'm walk, walking along. Um, but then when they start, it, that car starts creeping up around you. That's when you're like, nope, seen this movie before. Deuces, mm-hmm. I'm out. You know. But until that moment, as a black man, you're walking down that street, figuring anything happened, you're good. You're prepared because I'm black. I'm I'm Shaft. I'm the Mac. 
I don't know if post Trayvon Martin, black men are feeling like that in white neighborhoods. Like this is clearly a white name. Like Lynn, I think it's a different dynamic between you. Like you know, you up in North Philly. Long as you give people a pound, you don't disrespect nobody. You know. Yes, I I hear what you're saying about I'm I can handle this. Um, yeah, Lynn, I don't feel like that. I've never (laughs) felt like that. Like maybe that's me because I know that these these are situations where things go left very quickly. I don't want to get too far. Okay. All right. We talk about this, but that that opening though was super powerful because that was exactly it. It's like we all, I think, all as people of color, being someplace where it's like, whoa, you. I'm. I know I'm supposed to be here, but. Yeah. Definitely, people think I shouldn't be. Right, right. That was I thought, and I thought also it was just so well done. Where with the reveal of the car door being open, I just thought I was like, this so is a good. beautiful yeah. opening it, to yeah. be like your directorial debut. Yeah. That was like some prime stuff, and that perfect creepy music, like perfect. What was your takeaway um, from the film, Corinne? I I mean, I enjoyed it in that you know, here again is really a unique perspective and especially, you know, black people are constantly dealing with white people telling us we're being paranoid right. when it comes to race things. Right. And it was so great to see this this guy who's like arguing, I mean, again, I guess that's the part about him being not not necessarily the guy you want on your zombie apocalypse team because he definitely was making some decisions that usually we'd be like, mm, I don't want to, <laughs> it's like uh, this party's getting weird, I'm leaving. You know, right. uh, this party is super weird. I'm leaving. He's coming with me. He needs he needs a doctor. He needs like a hospital. Right. You know, so. Um, but I, I do think as a black person, I was excited to see it. I, I think it's a really well done movie for all people. But I will say as a black woman, I felt like we aren't really addressed there. And that makes me wonder a couple of things. It makes me wonder if it's, I mean, it's a black movie, but if we're, if we're not in it, is it really a black movie? It's just for black men in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know. So you don't, you don't count um, Georgina's character as black? Then. No, not that we don't count her as black, but it's like we never get to hear her own voice. Like even, right. like, okay, so she, she is in the sunken place and she is, inhabited by this old white lady yes um who is very enamored with how she looks like you know she's like mm, sitting in the glass like oh, look, look how beautiful i am but it's but we never we never hear from her like even to like for me i would have even taken like a scene where she gets flashed so that for a, a moment we get to hear her in her own voice you know, because when we do get when we do hear stuff from her, it's either we are we are listening to the white woman, right, or we are getting some weird like mental breakdown, like when she starts crying and and kind of having a breakdown. Which I also have issues with that um, because when when Chris interacts with her there, he his takeaway from it is uh, she's a crazy bee. I won't yes. say because I know you have to bleep it out. And again, so so again, as a black woman and, and as a black woman who, you know, that word is for us. It's like it's reserved for black women and then people throw it out quick. It's like, so you have all these these white women, you know, touching you and groping you and asking you these very like disrespectful questions. You know, you you just people just disrespecting you at every turn. And at no point does it ever enter your mind to call any of them that word. But this this black woman is clearly in a in, in a state of duress. Like you may not understand what's going on, but whatever it is, it ain't right. It's the same not right that you notice with the guy from Brooklyn that was dressed like he's about to go play golf or something. Right. 
but but you don't you, you know you don't really take away you don't see her vulnerability and again this idea that's like we are not we're not vulnerable like the fact that he didn't really look at her and like man something seems wrong with him you know or concern it's just like that'd be crazy so are you angry at chris or are you angry at the movie, the movie. because in my mind the movie is, is i mean that was my read kind of like the the policeman thing because i think you're right like this woman first of all i thought georgina was more powerful than everyone because she's the only one that didn't need a flash to try to break through. And I yes. think Georgina, again, or, and, and the other thing is, I feel like she was helping him. Yes. Like, and, what, and what does he do when she tries to help him? He runs and tells Rose. About the... About the crazy bee in here. N- no, I, 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 well, I don't know which part you're talking about. I'm talking about when she opens the closet door so he can see the... Right, well, we right. were assuming... Well, we're assuming right. I assume it was. I, I assume I was. I assume Georgina, Georgina did all of the trying to help him. Right. Let's give her, let's, excuse me. Let's just give her her due. The role of Georgina is played by Betty Grable. Yes. Yes. Doing an outstanding acting job. Yeah. Yeah. It, she was. Yeah. She yeah, was. She awesome. was in that scene you talk about yes. when she like it's, literally breaks down. It's the my favorite scene is, like, in the movie. Stuck on her face. Yeah. And you can see every piece of like you can see the. Georgina, whoever the, the 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 real woman is, fighting from the sunken place right. to make her way out, and then being forced back in, all in just just right. a couple of beats. On yeah, no, yeah, and she's a, a powerful actress, but I think I guess I'm I'm it's I'm mad at the movie because again, it's not black women don't get enough like play in movies. To for people to have that takeaway. So again, like you might have watched it and, and realized, like, oh man, that's commentary on like the black woman's experience and how the black woman is treated. Everybody didn't get that. Right. And, and Chris there, is and, a dummy. Right. And there's no explicit conversation to make that clear to the audience. So again, right. I feel like right. that is kind of a little careless. Like if you really are using this movie to make um, social commentary on the state of being black, whether male or female in America, you have to make that clear. You got to hit that home because it's like there are a lot of non-black people watching this movie and they don't get that. They right. don't get that nuance that we get because they're not living. They're not living this. Right. You know what I mean? So you, I feel like you have to when you're doing movies like this. And I th- there are definitely like so many things he did well, but there are like just certain things that I feel like he left kind of open ended. That for the sake of making the the point you're trying to make, you have you have to make that tight and you have to make that clear to me. I hear you, but okay. I think that sometimes that um, films, and since we're talking about black films, I think sometimes some black films, um, in trying to do that, you know try to tie themselves up, up in knots trying to hit on like drive home every single point instead of you know just allowing the story to be what it is like I felt that like what you're saying what you're saying as far as his read of how he reacts to her is is just and I think it's just like Vince said it's, it's, it's an anger at the movie but in writing the story and in crafting that that script I thought that that scene still played out as very true and regardless of whether or not you and I shouldn't say regardless but even with how you felt that he maybe was a little dismissive of her feelings at that moment that was still the person whom when he was ready to break camp and hit her in the middle of the road he was like he could have just he could have been ghost. He could have, yeah. But that's the person that he he went back and said, 
come on, because come on, let me let me save you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be like that. One, because of the memory of his of, of his mom, but two, I think also because realizing that, hey. She's stuck here, too. I can't free them all because I know there's a, a, a couple of others in there, but I ain't see y'all on my way out. Right. This right. one. Let me grab her. Let me just get, get you. Come on. Come with me. So that is at least some um, resonance that, you know, a sign that she did resonate with him a little bit. Yeah. Can I one one more thing? Just because you said this and I didn't think of it like that. But but again, I think this is a recurring theme. Like you speak, you talk about how she is stronger because everyone else only has their like um awakening when they get flashed she doesn't need the flash she's fighting without it but again it's like this idea of like the strong black woman but then we still get called the b-word and dismissed like i mean again I, I feel like that is the same that's the same thing it's like oh look how she's so strong she was able to break through on her right, own right she's you know still you know be still crazy like you know what i mean like that that is a recurring thing and a, for me as a black woman i see that too much for me to walk away from this and be okay with that that's i think that's fair yeah um and I, and also uh to your point Lynn, i think that she he goes back for her because it's not because of her being a black woman so it wasn't so I mean, we were talking about like a specific like how you would react to black women in this movie with what, everything that's going on any sort of protectionism any sort of like anything that we you know, being a if if we felt like we were in a strong community of as people of color, you would have to the women in in your in your uh, culture, and it doesn't and that seemed to be missing. And so it's just like for what you're saying, it's like yeah, he that but that was, she was a plot point. She was to advance his own uh, backstory of this is what happened to me when I was younger. It had nothing to do with her as a person. Just like you said, if he had hit another person, he would have picked her up. So, and so I guess for us, we're talking about the perspective of black women and how we're treated in this movie and our voice in this movie and um, whether or not it's fully realized. Um, and that, and that's something that we um, take issue with. feel like it, what, we weren't fully realized. We weren't, he, it, it's interesting that he didn't have any um, sort of, he didn't have any strong feelings about seeing this woman in that scene that Ariel just, just referenced. He, you know, so, you know, like, like you, I mean, you were saying like, Oh, there are different reasons for it, but it's just, what is the takeaway when you leave the movie? It, do you understand black, like, do you understand black women? I feel like I understood black men, but do you understand us or care about us? Cause I felt more compassion for black men. Um, but I didn't feel like we were considered. But don't you think they're also just going back to the scene where he confronts her and does call her, or ultimately calls her the B um all yeah you also have to remember that coloring that scene is his thoughts that for whatever reasons that he can't understand and that he doesn't really feel that she um gives any convincing reason for his phone keeps getting unplugged right mm-hmm. so, so he's like looking at her like why is you unplugging my phone and again, I think this speaks to his character. And I think the film is very clear that Chris needs work. Like as like, <laughs> like whether he's in the sunken place or not, like not for one moment did he think that she was doing this for a reason. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, you know, again, I thought I thought it was so, you know, in retrospect, so such wonderful commentary on him that he runs and tells Rose what's going on. And, and you, you know, and it's like, you know, one of the things that I'm sort of interested in, and that's why, you know, I really want people to kind of see it and then maybe listen to us later. 
like I've heard, I've I've talked to so many people and people have varying degrees of surprise about how much Rose was involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that is commentary on the way that many of us view our relationships with white women. And this fact that, you know, that, you know, I know people that, oh, well, I knew she was in on it the whole time. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe she was hypnotized. I thought like it's and and I thought it was such a pointed choice to make her a willing participant in this mm-hmm. because we do. I, I, I can't I, I think you're absolutely right. Like you can't look at this film in a vacuum. I think you look at this film and traditionally the way that we and, and certainly we as black men have treated black women and how we oftentimes treat white women in contrast to black women. And I think this film is is very critical of that. And it's very sort of pointed about that so that I can't argue with with the lack of a black female voice. But, you know, I, I can't I'm not going to say that. I don't think the film is purposefully disrespectful of black women. And if anything, mm-hmm. I think that. It, it you know within the constraints of what it's trying to do does a you know gives it the old college try now whether or not you want to give it credit or that oh, wait I, can, a I can i can you know i can absolutely you know i just i just think it's it's kind of frustrating i think the frustration comes from these black movies that like that don't take black women into consideration at all right and, and it's just that's a prevalent um, way of storytelling for some reason for all these black filmmakers, and I'm not understanding how you know black women have been here. We're we're in these marches, we're in we're everywhere, ride or die, and right. and it's just this weird lack of appreciation right. from people that you know from artists who probably know black women. Who yes. <laughs> it's like why is there no thought to us at all? Do you um, think that, so? Do you think that that's what this film is showing? No thought. I mean, we have Erica Alexander, who I love, and she shows up and laughs at the um, laughs at the premise. I mean, you know, yeah, I was and she's playing with the, that. I, yeah. I thought I thought she was going to like see like, OK, let me take you seriously for a second because you seem really because like I thought there would be some yeah. real work from her instead and said it was like this throwaway like <laughs> you're a fool. And, you know, and, and then and them not helping him, um, which I felt was like. We don't do that. We don't do we, that. We, we do that. We, we, we come. Give, we give places. life to a lot of nonsense. I mean, like in hindsight. <laughs> like, not like that, but in hindsight because you 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 love people, you care about people, you you care about how they're, it's like, okay, this is clearly something that's important to you. So you take time out to understand it, to help, to probably in some circumstances do more than you should. I mean, right. like, and then we, like, black women are always doing more than we should. And then, and a lot of times they're not being left with too much. You know what I mean? So I just feel like that did not ring true for me. See, see yeah. I, I felt that scene rang true um, because. The story is bizarre that, you know, my friend has been taken away up to some house on a hill and has been hypnotized to be a a sex slave or something like that. Right. So the story on its on its face sounds bizarre. Um, then you've got you've got to remember who is the storyteller. Well, it's Rod sitting there with my best friend's dog there in the police 
there in the police squad too. Like, yo, this is his dog right here. Like, you know, you like listen. It is a ridiculous story. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, a, ridiculous it's, a, story. it's a ridiculous story. But like you said, so this black man went up into the woods with a bunch of white people, and something don't seem right. Right. That I mean, you might not under you you might think the details of it a story, but the overarching theme of that would make you at least say, okay. And you know, how do you know this guy? And right. how long you know? And that's the thing: if she would have at least looked up the dude, she would have saw that he was missing. And it's like, and I'm telling you, I found him. This is him. This dude's from Brooklyn. What's going on? Well, it would have made sense if she had, like, if she had been in the cop car, it would have been like, okay, again, black women, like, showing up. Like, that would have seemed logical, would have felt in character, would have felt in the movie. But instead, it's Rod. I don't know how he got this cop car. There's a lot of things that are just kind of left up in the air. And it just, it was 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 a TSA car. But, but still, I'm sure he wasn't authorized like, to take it. I, my first was like, how he get that car? He did what he had to do. <laughs> I was say, you know you can't he did take what he that. Had, he did what he had to do for his man. So it's not so much the details of the plot. It's what we take away later. So right. the fact that we are... It's not that could have been a black uh, that could have been a black man. You have a black man already trying to save this character. The only black woman that's that speaking of her own accord is dismissive. And so it's not so much that it's just, and it, clearly the, the plot sets it up for that to happen and for it to make sense. But it's the fact that we don't, as black women, uh, even though we're historically saving black men, we, we, for some reason, we're not doing it in this movie. See, it doesn't matter how it happened. It just matters that it happened. And it's what people are taking away from it. It's what white people are taking away from it. It's what lo- younger people are taking away from it. Um, from this, like, revolutionary film that everyone's going to see and has been, like you said, dissected and analyzed. And there's essays. But there's nothing for people to say about black women because there's nothing to say. Well, I th- well one, I, I think that's fair. In regards to Erica. That's fair. Alex- Thank you, Vance. Thank you, Vance. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> In regards to Erica Alexander's character, the reason why I felt it still rang true because I felt that because of how nonsensical it was, it would ring true, especially, especially, let's remember, it's a movie. So in that movie, in that horror movie sense, uh, that character generally is played by a man mm-hmm. and he's having the exact same reaction. So I think that it is actually a little, you know, a little twist of it that it is a black woman that is listening to him I mean, because it's a black woman you're watching her probably with the certain expectations just of like you're saying and then boom those expectations aren't aren't met also just to lay out the true chronology of his telling the story she actually visibly changes when he mentions that the girl is white and she kind of turns into like you kind of get I mean you know it's a version of well you know you get what you get like why would you go up in the woods <laughs> That's true. You know, true. which in my mind, again, kind of speaks down at that point. It kind of speaks to this 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 examination of the black audience of the horror film, because, you know, they're like, you know, I had to say there was a part of me that was just like, well, you know, dog, you get what you get. Like, what what are you doing right now? Yeah. And also, like, what kind of decisions are you making with you your own remember, life? The story is that he went away with his girlfriend. It's not like he went away, and I don't know where he went. He went away with his girlfriend, you know. So for and it has been missing for forty eight hours. Right. It's two days with my girlfriend. Okay, they didn't call. But it's me. not at the. It's not about the plot, though. Right. It's, You're it's, saying the overarching. And if we, look, I mean, and that's of, actually a it's a trope for black women is that black woman who doesn't think her man knows anything. Like that idea that he doesn't know anything and being dismissive as if. As if we do that, because I mean, again, we have been ride or die. I think so, that's fair. I think it's fair. I, I, I think that I agree. I agree. 
Oh. Our girl. <laughs> there you go. Put the microphones but, down, guys. But I mean, I, I do think it's interesting because, again, in examining like this relationship with white women, so it's just so funny because when you're watching her looking for the keys, it's like, this is after we've already seen the pictures. Yeah. Right. And we know this chick. It's like, everyone was like, it's this chick. And it's well, like, he's I, still. <laughs> I heard people say they thought she was hypnotized too. I figured she was in on it when I saw the pictures. I thought he needed to hear her say it. Like, because right. we, I saw my mom was there too. My mom was so frustrated that he was still asking her for the key. She was like, just leave, you know, get out. And I was like, I was like, yeah, we, we all, it was like, it's so easy to say it after the movie. Right, we we're right, like, you right. should have just gotten out. But I felt like he needed, he, I mean, he just told this woman that he loved her. He, he was in deep. It wasn't like, oh yeah, she's fun, whatever. They'd had a whole moment. She worked him over and so i think he knew what was going on but it's one thing to like know intellectually right, right. He, had, yeah. he had to You're feel right. it so for some reason even though that was the most ridiculous part but every thriller has a ridiculous part that's the whole point of thrillers like but we're not she, used to seeing black men do that i loved how she was all flustered 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 it was great but then it was an act yeah. like i, I love that i said I oh that was a good this one character. right here we haven't even really touched on it but i think that there is like nothing but outstanding acting on display by everyone in this cast. Oh, I would right, definitely agree with that. Up uh, and yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. Not oh, yeah. to yeah. just talk about the voiceless black woman, but I had to say, I don't know if anyone has ever been cast better in the history of movies than Allison Williams as this woman. Yeah. <laughs> right? Are you, are you a girls fan? The, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. I don't know from but anything she's else. Perfect. Like, she's like, the embodiment she is, of that whole thing. She is the perfect person to play this role because she real regular. <laughs> she real real regular. Damn. Basic? Uh, uh, that's a loaded word. Oh, is, it? is it? But Basic? she real regular. Okay. She Basic real. Is loaded, all right. Yeah, I think it's a little loaded, but I thought like I thought it was great that it was like she wasn't some great vivacious you know, where it's like, oh yeah, I see why you would risk it all for her. Like she mm. just real regular. I think I think like forgettable, like you would walk That's past a- her in Starbucks and somebody would <laughs> put a gun to your head and say, Who was that woman? And you'd be like, Who are you talking about? <laughs> but I think that is actually pretty interesting because I've I've met a few black men who are in relationships with basic white women <laughs> and real regular easy real regular easy ladies I've never easy I've, well I'm just I'm just saying that I actually thought that that was very realistic that's what, and, I, um, that's what I'm saying no yeah well that or, or that it um or that they would be more suspicious of a, a white woman that is doing all this stuff but right. a white, I would just you know she's more authentic right. so I don't know you know I don't know um I thought that was yeah, that that, and then something that we talked about earlier that I want, didn't want to lose, just how racial. Like, I think the the most frightening moment for me was when, um, oh, I just forgot his name, the blind dude, Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Stephen Root's character when when he tells when when he says to Chris, you know, I don't care if you're black or I just want your eyes, yeah, and just completely oblivious of the racism. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, this is it right here. Like, this is the racist that I have the most experience with. <laughs> like, it's I'm right lying. in your face. You're so racist. Like, the fact that, that you don't grant Chris's experience, Chris's knowledge, Chris's training, uh, the, that, that kind of leads to this art that you're so 
admiring of that you'll spend $10 million to inhabit his body. You just think it's all physical. And you don't mm. understand how racist that is. Like, mm. you just don't get it. And and I love that he was a cool dude. Like, I love that he was the one cool dude at the cookout. Mm. Like, he was the cool white dude. But he's the one that's going to... And I, I thought that was wonder. I thought it was such a great detail that, you know, I just want your eyes. That's interesting. I didn't think about yeah, that. I didn't think about that either. So. No, I mean, I think that's the... The whole thing is this idea, this like cultural appropriation, this actual physical appropriation of the black body in right. a way that's, you know, when they're having dinner and he mentioned, he says, oh, with your genetic makeup, you know, you could be really big. And, you know, it's just this perfect understanding of, oh, right, you you don't care about the thoughts at all. It's right. just that you think because this guy was as fast as Jesse Owens that... You should uh, right. just forget all his plans. As, as if Jesse Owens didn't train, right, and right. didn't strategize, and all. You know, Jesse Owens just kind of stole it from this white man. Well, you know, he <laughs> just sort of born from this Negro egg, and yeah. now he's you know this superior physical specimen. That was um, the person mentioning that about the genetic, your genetic disposition or whatever was um, the brother. Yeah, the brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a weird look about him. He, I thought he was Theon Greyjoy. I felt like he was very. Yeah. <laughs> he was very looking for Reek. I think he wanted Chris's body for himself. So did I. Yeah, I think oh, he yeah. wanted Chris's body for yeah. himself. Because like, basically, uh, the eyes want to be given right. to the blind dude. We already right. knew that. But but I thought that actually. That's interesting. But he, wait, can you what what was what at what moment did you think that? That he was strange looking? No, not that, not that he was strange looking, but that he wanted Chris's body. Because I didn't... I he didn't was annoyed. That. He was so annoyed at the auction. And in retrospect, I thought he was annoyed because he wanted him. Okay. So, like, all that stuff at the dinner with, oh, you're very strong. You know, if you just change your diet a little bit and you'd be a great MMA, yeah. you have the physicality. It just looked like he was, like, really sizing up that whole physique. Okay. Right. And he lost it at the... I mean, he did seem to... You know, his mother chastises him for for making him have to use this. Yeah, denting the merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. He was a loose cannon, though. He was a loose cannon. In your your body abduction plans, you probably don't want him, ultimately. No. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Um, I think think your observations about black women in this film, within the context... Within the context, of course. ...of Mm -hmm. other films... Right. ...is... is You you know, I, I, I... you know, I think I think we have to acknowledge. I do think that my male privilege, like I'm not, you know, I have the luxury of having these films. But but I think um, I think I, I I think that's I think that's really interesting. I want to think about that some more. Um, well, because yeah, I, I love think- the I, I love like I said, I, I love just the appropriate. It made me think of um, Coonskin. Whereas this whole oh because the other thing about him being a great photographer I thought that he captured images that weren't necessarily going to be captured and I linked that to him saying his mother died alone by you know nobody knew she was there and if I had just said she's missing maybe they would have you know come and found her so in my mind I was like oh so that's why he's a photographer because he wants to capture mm. images so but it's all his mind mm-hmm. also. Just that first scene, like I love the the, the first scene, and, and he's shaving, and they're playing Redbone, and and he's got this cool apartment, 
And I'm like, yeah, this this is this is Jordan Peele showing us that this is what these people want. Yeah. Like they want your life. They want, you know, this world. They want all of it, but they don't understand what kind of gets to this. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of great visual touches in this film. I'm just thinking yeah. about the whole the whole um visualization of the hypnotism. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Yeah. And how you're falling into this sunken place and you can see yourself, you know, like through your eyes, just getting further, further away. I mean, I felt like, oh, do swim. <laughs> I mean, it was just really, really powerful. And I thought that was like a, a, a stroke. This film just like really, this may have been like the best Twilight Zone the movie ever. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. how cool oh, this yeah. film was. I really enjoyed it. Everything yeah, I agree. I, I really like that we get to see um like you were like well what so your point of him being like it's like Chris is not, you know, all like he's not I don't know what you, I can't remember what he said, but he's like not all there. He's not he's he's that dude that would have this thing happen to him. But I feel like any other thriller we watch with a, a white uh, woman uh, protagonist, this is the whole thing. Is that she's not a? It's like girl, run outside, don't run upstairs. Right, right, right. He had to. That had to uh, happen in order for the a thriller to work because it has to be. You have to have that stuff where things don't connect. It's like I would never do that. Why is this happening? I would never do that. That. But but the whole point was to make a black man vulnerable in the in a in the whole movie. The whole movie we get to to experience everything through him and we get to care about him and and you know for white audiences that was new for them a lot of them had a hard time and i thought that was and i thought out of everything you know and i have the criticisms about as from as a black woman but that's always going to happen um but (laughs) but from for what it is that jordan peele wanted to do uh which I, i think he set out to do was to basically humanize us to audiences who like just like the the um asian character that showed up that um ariel i had an um oh an article about that yeah we read a really interesting thing but yeah um uh if he set out to humanize um black men you know in in a time where well i mean black women are too but we're mostly seeing black men you know dead or dying or arrested or all this sort of stuff well we for two hours almost two hours maybe cared about this black this black man and that was beautiful to see because even in in those images of like you know black death there's still no black vulnerability right it's always yes. like well what did they well what were they doing like you know they right. it's not that they were potentially the victim and in this movie he is the victim like there right. and we get to see he's that. a damsel that's the thing i want to yeah. say it's like you were saying all this criticisms about him and i was just like but he had to be the damsel for this to work the story right. had to work that way right my yeah. one big critique and I was waiting for it to happen. And, and I actually read Jordan Peele said he, at first, he wanted to do this. I think he punked out at the end. Mm. Like, I was waiting for the Night of the Living Dead end. Where, where after everything that happens, you're still a black man in America. And, and the police oh. drive up. Oh. And, oh. Like and just, you know, because she starts smiling because she knows. Yeah. And I can, again, for a movie that references the Stepford Brides, that references, you know, Village of the Dam, that references Rosemary's Baby. Like, there are all these references throughout the film. And I just knew he was going for the Night of the Living Dead end. If it ended with her just smiling, that would have been so and impactful. Then, if it yeah. had ended right there, yeah, it would have been. And I thought he punked out, I but mean, he said he thought wrong, that. Though, I was really happy to see yeah. him. Oh, I was really happy to see him. But, yeah, I mean, because that idea of, like, white women weaponizing their femininity, yes. their white femininity to hurt black yes. b- men specifically. 
which yeah. is that you know that's the whole history of lynchings. Yes, you know. I think you're right. It is a, a, a bit of a punk out. That being said, I leaped from. Oh, the seat. of course you did. <laughs> yeah, we all did. We all. We did. all did. Yes. I think. I think given the current political climate. That um, and I think that's what he said in that interview. I might have read this. Yeah, interview. Mm-hmm. And it is just like you know what? I got enough Night of the Living yeah. Dead endings <laughs> right, <laughs> floating right, around right. all over. Um, so I, I, I see what you're saying, but it is just like I think we, we needed, needed that. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, we needed. All right, that was that's my only because no, I, I was Legit. I was mm-hmm. like, oh damn, he's about to Night of the Living Dead him, but yeah. you know. Can we can Dad and I make a quick comment oh. about the the Asian character because watching the movie I thought that was weird. I was like, what's up? What's up? Like, what's up mm-hmm. with this Asian guy? I think he's wow. Japanese, but I was like, why is he there? But we read like this really interesting article written by an Asian American about like racial triangulation. They mm-hmm. called it, whereas like you know, black and white, like the story of America is always told in this black and white context. So black and white are the insiders, but you know, black people on the bottom rung, white people on the top and then the like the asian immigrant experience they are outsiders always outsiders no matter how long they're here because they're asian but and and understood to be better than better than black people but not as good as white people so it creates this like racial triangulation and like the idea of um what the author said was like the idea of this asian character wanting to be in this black body and and basically because he asked him like what it do you see the black male experience or black yeah, experience yeah. as a disadvantage because he's trying to decide do I want to be on the, the bottom rung and have to overcome that but finally be an insider in this American culture right. or do I want to stay the outsider but slightly above you on the like the social hierarchy right. you know um, which yeah. I just thought again and not something that I was thinking of I just thought it was weird just that he weird was that he, there right, right, right. so to hear like that, like that Asian, Asian American's perspective on, on why that character was there and, and just um, you know even like immigrant people coming in and in and ascribing to uh, white, white supremacy, supremacy. Yeah. like coming in yeah. with the idea of like, well, I just got here, but I'm already better than you, Ameri- you know, kind of thing. Mary Baraka said, you're not really an American until you know how to use the word nigga. Mm. No, that's yeah. Mary Baraka. I didn't say that. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm well, not, right? I'm not that point. insightful at all. Yeah. But I just, I, I, you know, I think, and, and from personal experiences, like Corinne and I have had personal experiences where we, you know, uh, dealing with immigrant people, you know, who are very dismissive of us or belittling or, you know, accusing us of theft and, and whatnot yeah. and things like that. And, and it's just really, it's really interesting. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, again, because you're, you're ascribing attributes to me that white America has told you, you know, you're believing what white America told you that I am. Right. You, but you don't know anything about me because you just got here. <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's, it's just and really if, interesting. And if you looked a little closer, we should be all together. We should be in solidarity. Why yeah. are we not in solidarity? It makes so much sense. There's so much more of us. So many more of us. Yeah. I just, it's just. But I just thought that was really insightful and just new insight because not something which is the same thing with like coming at it from a black female perspective because I'm not seeing a lot of that even from black women in the responses that I'm seeing online Um, because 
because it is sort of like no we're like an afterthought and so that too reading that article from an asian man it was like i didn't have any of that insight when i you know so it's like i read that and i'm like now i have a different perspective and i would hope people listening to this would understand that we're you know we're not trying to like go in on this movie that yeah, is obviously really a good movie we, we, we liked it we yeah. supported it we're happy yeah. but we're no, just trying no, to make no. sure that the next movie is even more progressive because it's like that's the right. whole thing like just like with Imitation of Life we need to move past this <laughs> like we, we unless someone criticizes it they're not going to move past it the dynamic that's right you're yeah. just criticizing it you're just stating what you did not right, like right, about right, it it's right, not like right, you right. are hating or what it could have right. done better there's no don't try difference. don't try and insert your your hateration into what <laughs> These wonderful what? critics and readers of this text are doing. Oh, you take me out when we have guests. I swear to God, man, you on your front street. Anyway, mm, what do y'all leave? All right, all right. Uh, that's it. So I think I think it's uh, unanimous that we would recommend this. Film. Oh yes, yeah, please see yes. it. See it more than once, or just Everyone. watch the like the party scene over again because right. that thing yeah. is just everybody get out and go see Get Out. Oh, see what I did there? Oh, that now that was me. That was me. That was me. <laughs> also, heat and pressure make a diamond, and also waffles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give a nigga a rope. All right, so. <laughs> see, see, see. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, check this out. The, the, um, hey, go see Get Out. Uh, it's time to get out of here. Um, this has been a whole lot of fun. Ariel, Corinne, Jasmine, thank you so thank very, you. very much. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having us. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Yeah, y'all are welcome. Anytime. Anytime. I mean it. I mean it. Uh, it, it collectively, individually, well, just and I would. I personally would like to say, when you do imitation of life, I would love to do that because okay. that right. is very, you know, black, mm-hmm. you know, woman perspective mm-hmm. from both the, the black mom and the passing daughter. I think that would be all right. Really cool to do. All right. So um, you heard that Leanne Lindsay of Tinsel and Tine <laughs> imitation of life. It's off the table because she can't figure out what movie she wants to do. Oh, I, well, I don't want to wanna... take anything from her. I'm Trust sorry. Her. Between her and Thomasina of music film and thought, music thoughts, I'll be waiting for night 2021 before they get on here. <laughs> oh, I don't know because Thomasina was the one that wanted to do Sparkle. I want to do Sparkle, the original and the remake. Okay, when are we going to do it? <laughs> Um. So, <laughs> the Ariel will show ladies, up. Commit, commit, ladies. You guys need to do Polly. I know we <laughs> should do Polly. You know what? We really do need to You know why? Because I've never seen Polly. I've heard of. It's Polly. a blasphemy. It's a generational thing, though. There's th- there's no reason why he would have watched that. Well, Lynn, I will give it to you because I own it. I just ask that you return it. Wait, no, wait. Ask her what she format she owns it in. What? It's a CD. It's not. A, I don't VHS, shut up. You have things on VHS. I do have things on VHS, and which I will keep. Okay, um, you're not going to shame my VHS collection. I just did. I don't care. <laughs> it's on. It's on. D- it's on DVD. See, line. and now things have fallen apart. <laughs> We were doing so well. (laughs) Hey, we got to get out of here. You can check out this show and all of our shows on themichellemission.com as well as available for your download, streaming pleasure on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place and any place that good podcasts be, as well as on the CLNS Podcast Network. Check that out. Um, And the show is available as a radio show on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, Philadelphia, Camden, People Powered Media. 
here in the city of brotherly love. We have got to get out of here next week on the Michelle mission. I am calling it. Uh, we are going to take a short break from the movie reviewing because me and Vince have to return to the binge lounge. Oh, we're binge lounging it and talk a little bit of black television. All right. All of you. We'll finally get in our conversation about the black cops in TV. Yes. And Vince wants to go in once again. We, uh, we've been requested to talk about, um, um, not Spencer. Fryer. Oh, Hawk. Hawk. I mean, called Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. Um, wow. As well, we'll find some other black TV stuff to talk about. So next week, we'll be in the binge lounge. You know, that we will car. dig out some Get Christy Love. Ooh, Get Christy Love. You're under arrest, sugar. <laughs> I used to love that show. Oh my God, Teresa Graves, right? Wasn't that Teresa Graves? I think it might be. I, I honestly don't remember. I believe it was Teresa Graves. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, that's my Nika Nodi Rose, bro. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. All right. Where are you going in? Mm, yes. Oh, now I just got a flashback of uh, Nia Long in 2004's Alfie. And pull up. <laughs> oh, my she God. was hot in that. Do you remember that? Oh, my oh. God. All right. All right. <clears throat> This will all be exercise. This will yeah. all be edited. Yeah. <laughs> um, for Ariel, Corinne, Jasmine, this is Lynn, he's Vince, and in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.